Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport, where today we're bringing you a special episode. Here our very own Neil Manthorpe sits down with the former England captain Michael Atherton to discuss a whole host of topics, ranging from Ben Stokes' captaincy to the rise of franchise cricket. For more content like this, make sure you subscribe to the following on podcast. But without further ado, here's Neil Manthorpe in conversation with Michael Atherton during England's Test Series in New Zealand in early 2023. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I want to ask you about so many different things, but let's start with Ben Stokes' captaincy. Um, And a lot of people said, don't do it to him. Don't do it. When it became obvious that Joe was going to step aside, a lot of people said, English all-rounders don't make good captains. Um, and they said, no, he's most England's most important player. Don't do it to him. But I gather that he actually called. He was aware of that speculation. And did, he, did he not call Rob Key, the new director of cricket, and say, actually, I do want it if you want? Yeah, but only when it became clear that Joe Root had stepped down. He didn't at any stage seek the captaincy while Joe Root was still in charge. I think that's one of Stokes's key attributes, loyalty. He was vice-captain to Joe Root. Joe Root's one of his closest friends. At no stage did he say, while Joe Root was captain, no stage did he say to anybody or intimate to anybody that he wanted the job. But once Joe Root stepped down of his own volition, which had to happen at the end of uh, the Caribbean tour and probably should have happened at the end of the Ashes because he'd he'd just run his race, then Stokes rang Rob Key and said, yeah, uh, I'm ready for it. And in fact, there was no other there was no other choice. You could have gone for a short-term stopgap like a Broad or an Anderson. Possibly one or two people were talking about Sam Billings and various other candidates, but they were very left field. Stokes was was the only man, and it came to him at, at the right time. He's 31 years of age, pretty mature. He'd gone through a lot in the build-up to getting the captaincy. You know, go back to the events at Bristol in 2018. So he'd kind of gone through a whole range of life's experiences and, and he was wise and, and pretty ma- more mature than he was so it came to him at a good time it was funny I his first game after being appointed so it, Rob Key appointed him in say April or late April and his first game for Durham 
was at Worcester County Championship game and I went I thought I'd, I'll go and see what he's like first game and I was only there for the first day and Stokes batted on the second day actually but he came out and he smashed it he smashed 100 I think almost before lunch and he hit a young spinner there um, from Worcester kept clocking him into the River Seven but it was a very interesting first statement it was almost as if he was saying this is what it's going to be like from now uh, and in fact obviously they took that into the into his first test and the combination with McCullum has been um, an unbelievable one really I, I don't think anybody thought prior to Rob Key's decision to appoint Brendan McCullum as coach people didn't really think McCullum was on the radar or I didn't anyway but the moment Rob Key said it's McCullum I thought that's a, work, that's a stroke of genius when you look what McCullum had done with New Zealand's team, which was this kind of transformation, which is exactly what needed to happen with England, and McCullum and Stokes were exactly on the same page, exactly the same kind of people, I thought it was a, a really good move to give McCullum the job. Joe Root has said himself that he's been surprised, um, is a mild word, um, <laughs> and when he's, you, you need to see him say, I've been surprised at his captaincy I wasn't expecting him to to be like that was there anybody apart from Ben Stokes himself and perhaps Brendan McCullum who had any inkling of, of just how radical his captaincy would no be? I think everybody's been surprised I'm not surprised that he's made a success of it for sure I thought he was the right man to do it I never in in my wildest dreams thought they would have this kind of transformation on impact I don't in any sport that I've seen certainly in cricket I've not seen as dramatic a turnaround of a team as has happened with this England team one win in 17 before the the new regime took over did that low base point enable Stokes to be so radical with his captaincy what if England had been middling perhaps uh, England had gone through a very rough run I was in the ashes it was a really really rough ashes down under and then England were poor in the Caribbean so perhaps because things were at such a low point that gave him then a kind of almost a, a blank sheet of paper to say this is going to be a radical shift but you have to remember that pretty much the same players it's not as though Stokes and McCullum came in and said right we're going to rip up everything here they basically have got the same players that's that is the amazing thing about this transformation it's the same players who are unrecognisable under new leadership. And the power of, of leadership is never better exampled than you know, what we've seen under Stokes, Stokes and McCullum. There's a lot, quite an interest, lot of interesting aspects to it. I think intelligence always uh, interests me, different forms of intelligence that people have. I've always thought Ben Stokes is an extremely intelligent cricketer, very cricket smart. But he's not academically intelligent. You know, if you, if you talk to him about his school days, they were a bit of a disaster. I think he's got, you know, one GCSE in, in PE or something. And that interests me because, it, you know, in, in England we can be a bit snobbish about intelligence. And I see a very street smart, instinctive cricket intelligence in him. Um, and it, it hasn't surprised me that he's made a success of the job. I think he will go down as, in time as one of our very best captains. I think he's created an era already, hasn't he, that will be spoken about in, in decades to come. I mean, I can see 50 years' time people saying that 
that was a period of, of in English cricket and perhaps in Test cricket um, that uh, that either I don't know that it will change Test cricket forever, but it has certainly changed it at the moment. Well, uh, yeah, sorry, just to butt in, I think there are certain captains, don't they, who shift shift the dial a bit. I think Clive Lloyd and the four fast bowlers for West Indies, which was a radical shift. Think of perhaps Steve Waugh and the very aggressive move that Australia made under his captaincy. And I see Ben Stokes in that vein as a, as a transformational captain in a, in a broader sense. Cornerstone philosophies of Ben Stokes's, um captaincy. Um, and I, I, for as long as I can rem- remember, and I've been covering cricket, I, I know there have been captains and coaches who have always tried to emphasise the importance of the team above the individual. And, you know, the <laughs> for, for, for many, many years, uh, captains and coaches have said it's a team game. And they've always said it because they are... Everybody knows that, you know, it's, a, it's an individual sport in many ways, played by 11 people on the same team. But Ben Stokes's belief that the team comes first before any individual, before any individual record or landmark appears, bordering on the fanatical... I'd agree with that, and it, he's lived it. You know, that's how he plays his cricket. Even w- before he was captain, you know, as a as a world class all rounder, he has never really worried about the figures. His, if you look at the bare figures for Ben Stokes, I don't know what he averages now with bat and ball off the top of my head, but he, they, 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 those figures don't make him stand out as a as a world class cricketer. But when you think of the impact that he's had in certain games, the World Cup final of 2019, the Headingley Ashes Test match, the World T20 final, you know, and get, when a game is on the line, he will drag his team over the line. But if there's easy runs to be had, he, he do, he's not somebody who's going to go in there and get a red inker just to boost his average a couple of notches. That's not how, how and why he plays the game. So he, he, it's, in a way, easier now for him as captain to drive that philosophy for his team because people know that he's not just talking the talk he's actually walked the walk as a player that's how exactly how he's played the game selflessly and team first as a player and he's demanding that now as a captain when i say bordering on the fanatical um you know it's he, he would almost it seems prefer to throw his wicket away in the 30s on the verge of a declaration when when he could walk walk out it's almost on principle he's setting the example that that the numbers as an individual don't matter you know you could argue well he's a bit better than that just giving his wicket away but in fact last year because he wanted to drive this change this transformation a cricket writer called Shield Berry used the phrase, he said it's an excess of virtue. What he meant by that was Stokes is saying to his team, this is how we're going to play. And in order for that to happen, he's got to just go to the nth degree, to the extreme of it, as the, as the personal example set by the leader. Um, and that's what he did right from the start of, of last year. Um, uh, he's an amazing cricketer, an amazing character. Uh, already an amazing England captain and, and will be so, I think, for some time to come. When we judge great cricketers, it's so easy to look at lists, isn't it? You, who were the great all-rounders? What did they average? What was the difference between their batting and bowling average? It's so easy. Um, he, he may well not feature on those lists. Um, no, he's the anti-Jack Callis in a way. You know, if uh, talking to you about, uh, you know, Cape Tonian, Callis's 
Callis was a great player. Don't, absolutely, you can't question that. But his greatness is very much based on, you know, the, the, the kind of the numbers and the success, the hard-won success that he had over, over the years. You know, the thousands of runs, probably 10,000, 300 first-class plus test wickets, all those catches. But you don't think of Stokes in the same way. You think more about his impact on games and on moments and in match-winning situations. So you're right, it's not the numbers don't mark him out as a great cricketer, but his effect on games marks him out as a great cricketer for me. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I didn't realise that that uh, there's a simplistic view about England's approach to test cricket now, and that is they go hard. Well, I didn't realise until you up close and personal, you actually watch uh, what's going on outside of the restriction of a television view, television screen, how, how clinical it is, um, and how how precise. Uh, it, you know, there are certain like the Neil Wagner short ball. You know that he's got half his wickets with with the bouncer, um, and they've come up with this plan which is, in its simplicity, straightforward, isn't it? But it's so not test cricket. We're going to step inside and hook them for six over five. Yeah, it's, it, it's ultra-aggressive, but it's not uh, without careful thought. First of all, the strategy itself, which is basically based around our best players or our most attacking players, the likes of Duckett and Brooke and Crawley and these guys. And therefore, to pick them is our best chance of winning. So there's... There's kind of method behind the madness there. The World Chess Championship and um, the T20 leagues that are freeing up all around the world. I mean, it is still a bit of a schmozzle, isn't it? The international calendar. And it's so hard to know what to follow and what, what to, what to prioritise. Um, is there any uh, hope remaining that this can actually be resolved? I don't think so. I think it's a bit late in the day. Um, I remember clearly being here in New Zealand for the first IPL auction, which was 2008, a long time ago now, 15 years. And it struck me very clearly that this was the moment that the game changed and that test cricket and international cricket was going to come under serious pressure from here on in because 
once market forces drive the game, they will drive it in a very different direction. And it struck me clearly, even then, 15 years ago, that this was the moment. And what I don't think has happened is, is people haven't thought carefully enough about the consequences and they haven't planned carefully enough and they haven't been forward-thinking enough. And I kind of think it's too late now. Um, but, yeah, that's where we are. Um, I was looking back at some of the first test matches that I commentated on and uh, I have absolutely no recollection of the rest day there was a rest day um, uh, on some of those early chess matches, and it was a reminder of uh, just how much the game has changed, and I thought of how much it, it's changed. And I, I, I wanted to ask you, how close did you come in your playing career to considering a reverse scoop? <laughs> well, first of all, I, I'm so old that I played when there were rest days in test matches. My very first test match in 1989 had a rest what day. What did you do on that rest day? had a few beers on Saturday night. <laughs> um, but they were phased out very quickly. Only, I was only there for a couple of years in my early test career. And then, then you had a rest day on, on days like the open, during the Open Championship and Wimbledon. So you had a couple of test matches in the season where you had a rest day. And then they were phased out very quickly. Um, did I, ever, I, I never thought about the reverse scoop because I don't think the reverse scoop existed when I played. I did play a reverse sweep once in a, in a test match against West Indies at Lords, but only once. Um, as you say, the game has changed dramatically. I, I can't think of a sport that has changed as quickly as cricket has post that 2008 moment that I mentioned. The game has just transformed and, and so quickly. Um, you know, T20 cricket, different formats, franchise cricket, just the athleticism and power of the players that you see now, the way that they hit sixes. I mean, Harry Brooks already hit more sixes than David Gower, who was no slouch, by the way, was a great batsman, David Gower. But I think Harry Brooks already hit more sixes than him. So that everything's changed. And that's the beauty of the game, that it doesn't stand still. It does change. And, of course, as, as commentators and you know, people who are, who are there to describe it, the important thing is to stay with it and not, just kind of think back in my day, because th things were certainly not better. You know, the players are, are dramatically more athletic and dynamic than they were, which is not to say everything's better, but I think it's important to kind of recognise how the game shifts and stay with it. Did some players still have half a pint of bitter at lunchtime during... i tell you, my very first Test match as captain, uh, John Embury had a pint of shandy at tea. And I looked, I said, what, what, what are you doing? He said, I've always had a pint of shandy at tea. So I thought, well, who am I to tell John Embry whether he can, can or can't have a pint of shandy at tea? He was a great off-spinner. Already had more than a 1,000 first-class wickets. So he had a pint of shandy at tea. Our thanks to both Neil Manthorpe and the former England cricket captain Michael Atherton for their time there. And for more content like this, make sure you subscribe to the following on podcast, including our weekly show, The Cricket Collective. But for now, you'll be listening to the following on podcast, from TalkSport. Sports. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.